HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit Corin.com. I'm HRN's Executive Director, Katie Mosman-Wadler, jumping in to tell you about this week's episode of Meat and Three, Heritage Radio Network's weekly food roundup. This week, we're introducing you to some amazing women taking a stand. So often, being sexually harassed feels like a loss of control, and so I wanted to have these very tangible guides to say, here's what you can do. Others are pushing for more diversity at major food industry events. I still feel really determined to do, you know, whatever I can to help shift that and in a direction that's not just more diverse, but more equitable. We also have a report on that summer business staple, the lemonade stand. The lemonade stand might be the purest form of starting a business. Low overhead, easy to get into, and requires little experience or special equipment. Don't miss Meat and Three, your weekly 15-minute food news roundup from HRN. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Search M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. And thanks, as always, for listening. Welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Roberto's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every day in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, and izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still mystery for many people, so I try to demystify it in this program, like who guests. And my guest today is Yuji Haraguchi, who is the chef owner of Yuji Ramen and Okonomi, a Japanese teishoku or healthy set menu restaurant, and also a Japanese style fish manga or sakana, all in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And he joined me on episode 2 and 35 and talked about his passion for inspiring non-Japanese people to understand the unique style um, I would call seat-to-table food culture. Also, uh, we had two of his great staff at Osakana, Luke Devon and Emma Kramer on episode 56. And Yuji's energy never stops and now he has a restaurant in Kyoto and just last week he opened a position in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. 
So today we will discuss、uh, what these two exciting new restaurants are.、Uh, but quickly before we start, Japan Eats is available on Heritage Radio Network website as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify and subscribe to Japan Eats. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Also,、um, if you have ideas about topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. You can email us at japaneats at heritageradionetwork.org or kikokatayama.com. Now let's start our conversation with Yuji Harakuchi. Hello, Yuji. Welcome back to Japan Eats. Thank you for having me back. So, this is exciting.、Um, so, your third episode, you, you never are stopping, like new plays, new ideas. It's、uh, just very exciting. So, congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. So, first of all, for our listeners who missed episode 235 of this program, let's talk about your background、uh, briefly. So, you came to Boston in 2009 and worked for a Japanese fish importer and distributor. And from that point, how did you decide to start a ramen shop called Yuji Ramen? So,、uh, when I was、uh, selling fish to a restaurant、uh, in Boston and in New York, most of my customers were sushi restaurants. And I, I just saw the new、uh, trend of ramen、uh, rising. And then,、uh, rising, and then I just thought that、uh, I could do、uh, something new. Uh, with the mazemen,、uh, which is a, a processed ramen, and also fish、uh, based broth ramen.、Mm. That's the reason why I、uh, opened Yuji Ramen in 2012. Okay. Yeah, when you were at the fish company, I saw you at the chef's event, and the, you were really advocating how great、uh, the fresh fish is from Japan. And、uh, you were totally an ambassador, so it was very inspiring.、Mm. So, the idea is uh, to uh, introduce uh, the fish flavor on ramen.、Mm-hmm. That's the idea, right? Yes. Okay, and、uh, so what is、uh, um, what's special about Yuji Ramen? You said Mazemen. Yeah, so the, the reason why I started Mazemen was because it,、uh, Mazemen is to serve the process, and then I thought that it makes it a lot easier for、uh, American、uh, customers to try. To try.、Mm. Yeah, o-、uh, although the traditional ramen comes in a hot broth and a noodle,、mm. and it might be a little bit difficult to slurp while it's hot. So, I just wanted to make the boundary a little bit lower、mm. by introducing processed ramen. Right. And also,、uh, of course, people think of pork, chashu when it comes to ramen, but you topped with fish. Yeah. And, and a lot of the same uh, uh, result can come with the cooking、uh, fish bones, just,、mm. just as much as the pork and, and chicken. And I thought that、uh, by removing pork as much as possible, the ramen can be more accessible for a lot of people. Mm, and lighter. Lighter, yeah. Right, and you can eat it every day if you、mm. want to. <laughs>、um, okay, and uh, so the, uh, by the way, so Yuji Ramen is now one of the、uh, precious nine ramen shops at the Yokohama Ramen Museum,、uh, which means you are doing extremely well recognized by Japanese Ramen Authority, too. Right? I never、so. thought of、uh, bringing my ramen back to、uh, Japan,、mm. and then、uh, the people at the Ramen Museum came to us. Few years ago, and I asked us to reintroduce our ramen back in Japan.、Mm. So we've been there since last year, March. Wow.、Yeah. Right. I heard it's only strictly by invitation only to be at the ramen museum. Yeah,、so. you have to be <laughs> invited and then、uh, look at the, all the other、uh, restaurants that are uh, uh, at the museum before are very well established restaurants. So、mm. uh, I believe that I can.、Uh, Be just like their companies、mm. if I graduate from the museum. Right. So, innovation, that's my 
um, the word I think of when I think of what you do. So, <laughs> right? um, so, so what's the concept of okonomi? So okonomi introduces uh, the traditional Japanese breakfast in the set meal of what's called Ichiju Sansai. Mm. Ichiju Sansai means uh, rice and miso soup and then the protein usually, which we do with the seafood and then comes with a side dishes with vegetable, of vegetables. Mm. So just uh, uh, represents the meaning of a balanced diet. Mm. And then so you start your breakfast with a very balanced meal. Mm. Right. So, um, so the, that's a classic traditional Japanese breakfast, but nowadays it's almost impossible to find a kind of place to serve Japanese Ichijo Sansai breakfast. Even in, in Japan, too. Yeah, in Japan, uh, the breakfast is becoming less and less more uh, available. Mm. Uh, if you go to Japan now, uh, if you stay at the hotel, it comes with a breakfast, but it's usually a free buffet style. Mm-hmm. Or you go to uh, those uh, big corporate restaurants uh, that serve uh, beef rice bowls. <laughs> they do like salmon and simple uh, saba uh, breakfast as a set meal, but not as uh, the... Uh, like a restaurant set up with a good service and hospitality. Mm, and also I think hotel restaurants tend to charge you like $35, whereas yours, uh, the, everything included like around 20 under $20, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, so uh, so you serve uh, that Japanese-style breakfast for breakfast and dinner? Uh, breakfast and uh, lunch. Breakfast and lunch yeah. Yeah. at the Okonomi. Okay, and uh, but do you have economy for breakfast, lunch, and then the same space becomes Ryuji Ramen at night. So why did you combine the two concepts in one place? Yeah. So the uh, the, the most important message that uh, we would like to we like to uh, send to the customer is that the, uh, you can really enjoy one fish twice throughout the day uh, by utilizing the meat and the bones and uh, head. Mm. So uh, the breakfast you eat the meat, and then in the evenings you eat the you drink the rest with a noodle. Mm, that dashi. <laughs> dashi, yeah, mm. making the broth uh, all day. So uh, it looks completely two different meals: uh, breakfast, ichiju sansai, and a ramen bowls. But you are exactly eating the same fish. Mm, so that's the the totally sustainable way to eat. Sustainable a model for business too. Yeah, we really uh, eliminate the food waste, mm. so we can really offer uh, customers uh, everything at very reasonable prices. Mm. Yeah, it goes back to the customers. Right. And one of the key phrases you use it's "motainai." Motainai is the, the mission of uh, my uh, my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, motainai means uh, what a waste, no waste, and then uh, trying to create, uh, come up with a uh, business model where we can utilize everything. And also offer a variety of experiences and then new cultures. Right. And the, the space of our economy is so small, but there's no waste. So most efficiently functioning. Too. Every square footage is utilized. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And uh, so the next one, uh, the third uh, place establishment, that's uh, the Osakana. So what is Osakana? Osakana is a Japanese-style uh, fish market where we showcase only uh, domestic wild fish for the purpose of cooking and for the purpose of sashimi. Mm. And then also in the back, we have an open kitchen where we offer cooking classes so that the people can learn how to cook those fish at home. Mm. Right. So um, before you started Osakana, it was so hard to find a place to um, to find the sashimi Um Fish, like yeah. it's it's impo- almost impossible yeah. unless you go to Japanese uh, grocery store, right? So and it's a uh, and 
the showcase at Osakana is very different. It's like a jewelry box <laughs> instead of a drippy, wet, yeah, yeah, kind of stinky like we, fishy yeah, place. Like we try to not use the ice, mm. yeah, because ice is not really ideal for storing fish mm. when it's filleted. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so listeners, you haven't been to Osakana. It's it's really worth visiting, even though you're looking at it. And then I'm sure you end up buying. A yeah, lot of some fish. people say it's a fake fish, <laughs> <laughs> just like the, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's tasty. Yeah. I I have to say I go there very often. Mm. So, okay, and uh, so um, each of your restaurant and shop totally makes sense to me as function, but uh, um, what is the value, the mission behind your business? The uh, mission behind it is the, uh, uh, really uh, localizing Japanese food in a way that the people in the past didn't do before. Mm. So uh, there is uh, uh, the people uh, before me, uh, they you know, came to the United States in 1980 to you know, introduce Japanese food to the United States. And then, uh, you know, thanks to that whole effort, you know, uh, we have a big base of Japanese uh, food fans. But uh, at the same time, I thought that there are so many other people who haven't been ex- exposed to Japanese food. And then I just wanted to find a different approach to reach to those customers. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah, so there are um, thousands of Japanese sushi restaurants, traditional sushi restaurants, ramen, ramen places. Mm. But the what you do is slightly always different from other people do. So the ramen with the fish and the Japanese breakfast... And uh, this, the retail store, which is completely different way to treat fish. But what's in common is um, the local fish, right? Yeah, local fish. And then we're, instead of importing uh, the actual fish from Japan, we're mm. importing only the methods and then the philosophy and the practices and apply those to the fish from the United States mm. in order to elevate the quality of those fish. Mm. So, for instance, when you... I mean, you still don't get fish from Tsukiji, but what do you do is to speak with the distribution people? Uh, that's one of them, but it's more important that we take care of the fish that's been distributed in the way that was done before. Uh, by changing how we do in the kitchen, you don't have to change uh, things as much. Mm. I want to... Um, uh, I wanna, people always ask me, like, do you change the fish companies or do you change the fishermen I think that should happen 10 years or 15 years later mm. after all the customers and all the restaurant people uh, understand how to treat fish better mm. I think that should start first before we try to change other people mm. even if you change the fishermen how to do ikijime for example you still don't know how to fillet properly right. then you lose uh, you ruin all the effort that was done before you receive the fish mm. that's why my job is to make sure that uh, in the kitchen there is a lot we can improve improve without changing anything ahead of uh, before uh, the fish gets here mm. right so by the way the kitchen is uh, the way to kill fish and to preserve its freshness mm-hmm. Right, so technique to destroy uh, the spiral cord mm-hmm. with a wire, and then it's the, the way the fish doesn't suffer, mm-hmm. and uh, the blood comes out, then it keeps making yeah. real fish. So, yeah, but I heard um, that here in the states, all the fish is uh, shipped in one box, 
and then the knees, the, mm-hmm. the fish tend to be crushed. Yeah, because of the weight of, of ice. <laughs> right, but the, in Japanese style, they have individual box for each fish, so and that fish is one layer. Right, mm. so that's really hard to change. Like mm-hmm. you say, it would probably take like 10, 10 years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I think that can happen simultaneously. But I, I think my role, uh, which can contribute a lot to the industry, is to focus on how to take care of the fish mm. that's already being received. Um, and then just change the mind. Mm. Yeah. So once you receive the fish, what's the, the care you take speci- specifically? I mean, a little mm. differently from... The important mm. thing is to um, remove all the fins and scales and the guts and then uh, what we call mizu arai. Mizu arai means washing with the water. Mm. So you have to uh, uh, cut through the bloodline mm. after you open the stomach and take the gills out uh, and the guts out. But you still have to run the blood th- uh, with the running water mm. so that uh, no bacteria can grow while uh, fish is kept. Yeah. Right. I heard that the, that the blood, remaining blood is the one that makes it fishy yeah and, and then, uh, it you know grows into the rest of the body if you don't remove it properly right. so that's why the uh, it's very simple yeah but mm. uh, it's very crucial mm. right so you preserve it longer and fresher longer and fresher yeah. right okay so now let's talk about your new restaurant um so first you opened a new restaurant called Rolimar kyoto in kyoto in april this year. So what's the concept of Lorimar Kyoto? Lorimar Kyoto is the combination of what we do at Okonomi and what we do at Osakana. Mm. And we try to do those uh, business ideas back in my country and in the city of Kyoto. Mm. And then the, the idea behind that is uh, we named uh, the place after the Lorimar at the L train stop because that's the where my business started. Mm-hmm. You know, Okonomi is two minutes walk from um, uh, Lorimer train stations. And on the L train. <laughs> on the L train, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, uh, and uh, I never th- imagined myself being uh, Kyoto, but uh, uh, when I visited Kyoto last year, uh, I saw very different I saw a very different city than that I remember when I was in college mm. the huge uh, amount of customers from all over the world visiting uh, Kyoto city and I just thought that it's very similar to New York City that's why uh, sending the message out from New York City and in the Kyoto at the same time uh, from US and from Japan would make a lot of sense to uh, spread the, our ideas. Mm. Mm. So, in other words, you are kind of targeting uh, visitors from abroad, visiting Kyoto. Yeah, like I would, uh, I'll say both, but uh, uh, that's where we can contribute a lot because of how we do things in uh, New York. Mm. It's a kind of the business model that we believe uh, will be uh, well accepted by the people who will be visiting uh, Kyoto. Mm, right. Okay, so what kind of uh, menu do you offer at the Lorimar Kyoto? So we do the same uh, style of Ichiju Sansai at Lorimar uh, Kyoto. Mm. So if you visit Kyoto, you can uh, experience the similar breakfast experience that you have at Okonomi. Mm. And then uh, in the afternoon, we open 7.30 in the morning. Because uh, when you are traveling to Japan, you're jet lag, you wake up super early. <laughs> That's why instead of opening at 9 a.m., we open 7.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a real breakfast. 
and then we finish at lunch time and then we do a cooking class just like how we do at Osakana uh, how to butcher the fish, how to make sashimi, how to sharpen knife, sushi, and then the ramen. But we are still utilizing the one fish that comes from breakfast, and then we utilize the uh, bones and then uh, head for the ramen class too. Mm. And then, of course, uh, they, they can taste what they yeah, learned. Yeah, yeah. Wow, what perfect. I should take lessons <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from Kyoto. And uh, the fish we use in Kyoto is super, super high quality. Mm. I'm very happy that we can provide such an amazing experience. Right, because uh, there's a big uh, fish market. I've been there, the Kyoto yeah, fish market. Kyoto has a really nice central uh, fish market. It's mm. very close by to uh, my shop in Lorimar. Mm. Wow, so that's ideal. Mm. Right. Um, okay, so um, by the way, uh, the Lorimar Kyoto is built on a renovated Machia style home. So, what is Machia? Machia is uh, pretty much old uh, house. Uh, it means pretty much like just an old house mm. uh, in Japanese. And then uh, there is no clear definition of what Machia is, but it has to be older than 1930. Mm. or something mm-hmm. and then uh, 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 it's mostly a wood structure in a traditional uh, way mm. and then uh, there are a lot of uh, housings like that in, in Japan that are not being like renovated and used for new uh, business mm. and I found a really good uh, one small machia house in Kyoto like 10 minutes walk from the main train station mm. and then uh, we renovated the whole house one floor and second floor. Right. So it's like, uh, you know, the ordinary people's old house, which I think has started as like ham period, like 8th century, something yeah, like yeah. that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's old. And then actually, I stayed at uh, Airbnb in Kyoto. Oh, wow. And that was the renovated machia. Mm. And you wake up in the morning, you smell the old wood mm, and the tatami. Nice, yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can experience that feeling at yeah, uh, Kyoto. It's very hard to find those housings in Tokyo because mm-hmm. everything is more uh, developed. But uh, Kyoto, has, Kyoto City has more strict, strict rules of how to preserve the sceneries and housings. Mm. That's why it's much easier to find a very cool uh, machia housings which requires a lot of uh, renovations and work, but it's so worth it. Mm. it yeah. And also you are supporting the tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Right. Yeah, Like one of, one of the things that mm. we like to do always. So. That's great. Okay. And uh, so, um, where exactly Roima Kyoto is located? Is it close to the station, Kyoto yeah. station? Yeah, so uh, there is a train station. Uh, two minutes walk from the Rorima Kyoto, which is a subway, Karasuma line. It's mm-hmm. called Gojo uh, Karasuma train station. But uh, you can also always walk from the Kyoto main train station, like five, ten minutes walk, mm. depending on how fast you walk. Right. So uh, who are the diners right now? Yeah, uh, the local people who live in the neighborhood and also the customers of our uh, restaurants in Brooklyn and also um, the people who find us on Google. So it's a really interesting combination and we try to find the common ground for the local people and then the tourists in Japan and the foreigners that are visiting Japan too. Yeah, mm. it's, a, it's a very exciting new challenge. Right. So are you ex- uh, surprised that you have many Japanese people coming? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's uh, the definitely the supply of uh, traditional Japanese breakfast place is rare. Nobody can afford making miso soup, cooked rice, <laughs> yeah, like fish in the morning. Yeah, like especially cooking fish uh, is a lot of uh, work mm. <laughs> at home. So uh, we hope that we can bring the value to the both Japanese people in the neighborhood and also for the people mm. from from outside Japan. Right. And uh, who takes uh, classes at uh, Morima Kyoto? So uh, mostly spend mostly uh, the tourists. Mm. Yeah, uh, I had a customers from Australia, China, US, actually Brooklyn, and then uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, like uh, he actually lives on the best side. It was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And what classes are popular? Uh, the class that's popular is actually a fish butchery and a sashimi class, mm. where. Uh, the customers can actually take the ikejime fish wow. and then how to break it down with my our staff and then uh, you actually make a sashimi set meal at the end of the class w- wow. with a fish that you actually break, them down, break mm, it down yeah. that's advanced yeah. yeah maybe I should take one of those too. The, the quality of the fish itself is just so amazing that mm. yeah I feel really good value mm. so are you all from uh, you get the fish all from a Kyoto market uh, it comes through the Kyoto uh, Central Market. Mm. Yeah, Kyoto City doesn't uh, doesn't have a o- uh, ocean. Right. Yeah, so it comes from Osaka Bay mm-hmm. or a northern part of Kyoto uh, Prefecture. Mm. Yeah. So I'm curious. Uh, do you get different kind of fish in Kyoto, like Kansai area versus you know Tsukiji area? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. Mm. So that's another reason to visit Kyoto. Yeah, a lot of the area. fish actually uh, raised in uh, west side of Japan, mm. like Hamachi, Kampachi, and stuff too. Mm. So, uh, so close by to Kyoto. Nice. Mm. Okay. And uh, by the way, how did you manage to open a restaurant in Kyoto where, while you still live in Brooklyn and <laughs> you didn't have any connection? Right? Do, do you have a business partner? Yeah. So I opened Yuji Ramen. Um, uh, Shinyokama at the uh, Ramen Museum, mm. but I share uh, this vision uh, to the people that I recruited. So I have an amazing uh, manager in Japan who used to live in uh, uh, New York, mm. and then I approached to her, and then uh, she believed in my uh, vision of growing business from uh, Ramen Museum, and then. Uh, do more in Japan. Mm. So, Cheiko um, Hashizume, she's the name of the manager of my entire business in Japan. And then she's been amazing uh, asset for my uh, company in mm. Japan. Manage the muse- ramen museum, making hundreds of ramen a day, and also going to Kyoto and then uh, get the bank loan with me and then uh, hiring people. Uh, it's been a very crazy two years wow. <laughs> working with her yeah. mm, sounds like she's a superwoman superwoman <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right okay so uh, let's take a quick break here and when we come back we'll talk about Yujitsa's latest project Okozushi so please stay with us
Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan Asian to American. And that is why they're located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's unique store in Lower Manhattan is home to perhaps the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan, plus the rarest natural sharpening stones and exquisitely designed tableware. They also host special events such as knife sharpening demonstrations and parties with New York's most famous chefs and restaurateurs. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the implicit and elegance of Japanese culture to your table, be it in your home or in the finest restaurant. For more information, visit Corin.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats Broadcasting Live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Kakiko Katema, and my guest today is Yuji Haraguchi, who is the chef owner of Yuji Ramen, Okonomi, Osakana, Okozushi in Brooklyn, and Lorimar Kyoto in Kyoto, Japan. So um, now let's talk about your newest project, Okozushi, uh, which opened just two weeks ago. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh, so, what's the meaning of Okozushi? Okozushi is a uh, made up name. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we introduced uh, the Kyoto style of sushi, uh, known as Hakozushi, and then uh, Temari Zushi. Mm. Hakozushi. Is also part of the reason why I named this restaurant Okozushi because mm-hmm. it sounds like a Hakozushi, mm-hmm. and then also Okonomi started this whole new uh, business opportunities for us. So mm-hmm. I took the Okonomi Oko as well, mm-hmm. that's why it's called Okozushi. <laughs> right, so a lot of uh, your passion and the mission. <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking about the best name for this, right? And I came to, yeah, good. Conclusion. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, so the yeah, you are so good at finding something new nobody did before. So this um, again, this hakozushi concept, right? So um, you call it Kyoto style sushi that you serve at the okozushi. Yeah, I think uh, so. The sushi is probably the most favorite food myself, and then every time I go to Japan, I try to eat sushi, but I. When I was in Kyoto many times last year for this project, I was not able to find a lot of traditional sushi restaurants. But instead, I found uh, this hakozushi style restaurant in Kyoto. Mm. That was so fascinating. And then that gave me a new whole idea of what I can do with the sushi, mm. which I never thought that I would do ever. Interesting. Yes, so we call that one of the kaiseki chefs I spoke to in Kyoto, and he said, don't eat nigiri, which is, we are mm. familiar with nigiri sushi in New York City and mainly abroad. It's because, you know, uh, nigiri is for, from Tokyo, yes. and you should not eat nigiri in Kyoto because you, you don't find the best one. <laughs> and eat the ok- uh, hakozushi. Yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting, like the authentic hakozushi mm. was so different. I'm from east side of Japan, so I don't see that. I okay. didn't see that when I was in Japan right. either. So it was, but historically, it's much older than the nigiri sushi. Mm. So let's let's just define hakozushi because I think most of our listeners <laughs> are like what what is that? 
Hako sushi. It's boxed sushi. Yeah, it's a, it's a sushi mm-hmm. uh, that's made in a box. That that's made in a box mm-hmm. by press. So you put the fish and the rice in a mm-hmm. in a mold, and then it's a shape of box, and then you press it, and then you take it out and you cut it. So the uh, sometimes you find it as a side sushi menu at the sushi restaurant, but uh, it's very um, rare to find uh, uh, just hakozushi uh, concept sushi restaurant in the United States. Mm. And then also the idea of hakozushi was to use the fish a long time ago that was not able uh, to be eaten as a sashimi. So they actually used the fermented carp. Mm. Yeah, and then the made sushi. That's like the more authentic origin of sushi in Japan. Right. So it's a pre-refrigeration. This is the purpose is more for not eating a fresh one, but uh, fermented and fermented, preserved, yeah. preserved food. Preserved food. So that it was more as a almost like a bento box. You take it with you. Mm. That's why the rice was uh, seasoned with vinegar and sugar and salt. Mm which was not the case in Edomai sushi because they eat it right away. Mm. Yeah, That's why uh, every uh, fish was cured with vinegar or kombu or salt mm. so that everything was meant to be preserved and taken with you. Right. And traditionally, you know, people call the hikarimono like a mackerel uh, or like a Pacific story, the kind mm-hmm. of like really perishable fish, right? And uh, that means there's a lot of umami and yeah. along with the kombu and other elements yeah, put the, in the box. Mm. It's like umami bomb. Like those hikarimono actually uh, cures better than the white fish. Like a more complex flavor develops as you cure it. Mm. That's why it tastes so good when it's cured or uh, fermented. Mm. Right. It's really hard to find a uh, sushi, kozushi in New York. And for instance, uh, you know, I'm, I really like Kyoya restaurant in East Village, and uh, they have hakuzushi or mackerel. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I make a reservation, I just you want to hear reserve <laughs> hakuzushi too. So yeah. Anyways, I, I'm so glad you opened this place. Mm. Um, okay, so hakudushi uh, is one, and also you feature temari sushi. So, what is temari sushi? Temari is a sushi a shape of a bowl, bowl shaped sushi, and then it was designed for the geisha ladies in Kyoto to be able to eat uh, without messing up their makeup. Mm. So, that's why it's small, they don't have to open a big mouth. When, right, when no burger it. face. But. No, yeah. And uh, there are a lot of it. Uh, temari sushi restaurants in Kyoto. Uh, it's very nice, yeah. Mm. So basically, it's kind of new uh, invention for Kyoto and Maiko, like mm-hmm. younger geisha. So it's uh, it's made in uh, plastic wrap when you make it. Yeah, you can make it with a plastic wrap. There are a lot of uh, methods you can make. Uh, mm. uh, we uh, at Osakana we teach customers how to make a temari sushi with a plastic wrap. Mm. Yeah. Right, but professionally mm. you don't use too bad. Yeah, we have a special mold designed for it. Mm. Yeah. Nice, and usually it's really decorated pretty mm-hmm. yeah right so and it's uh, like a bento item and if you go to depachika in japanese ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, a, like a fill with temari sushi it's like, right. yeah packed yeah. tight yeah right so it's beautiful um okay and uh um i'm sure that um a lot of people expect you to serve nigiri sushi, okay, because it's sushi. Mm-hmm. So people going to sushi, it's like, but what is hakuzushi in temari? What's their reaction? It's very interesting. No one asks for nigiri okay. at our restaurant because I think our menu clearly defines that the uh, 
Uh, it's a Kyoto style sushi served without soy sauce.、Mm. Yeah. So that the,、uh, uh, we try to set the expectation from the customers, right? So that they expect something different and new.、Mm. Yeah. It's almost not like omakase at all because it's a set meal, but uh, 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 customers, especially in New York, also always want to know the new food culture、mm. and that is authentic and then true. So, we are really bringing、uh, the culture of sushi from Kyoto to New York City.、Mm. That's why that's,、uh, that's what customers expect from Okozushi already. Interesting. Yeah, that's why we don't have to spend too much time talking to customers that we don't do inside out、uh, crispy salmon roll or like <laughs> dragon roll or tempura roll. Yeah.、Mm. It's only yeah. in New York, I think it works. It's interesting because, to be honest, when you said, Um, long while ago, you said we're going to open a Hakozushi place. I was like, hmm, I hope it's going to work out. <laughs> But people don't, I mean, people are ready to try a new、so. yeah. style and also of sushi. The, and the price point, too, yeah, we try to aim it at the、uh, very affordable、uh, price point with no tip and、mm. even BIOB, so that the, the money customers spend at Okozushi will be. Uh, between $30 to $50 maximum,、mm. and you're gonna have a full meal. And then,、uh, if it's higher tier, $45, it's more three courses、mm. sashimi, hakozushi, temori, and then temaki sushi. So, it's actually a lot of value that we can provide. Totally, yeah.、Mm. So, yeah, for $45, six pieces hakozushi, two pieces temori, two pieces temaki, and sashimi, which is a bargain. And、yeah. lately, I think in New York City, you pay $200, $300 for sushi. Kaiseki kind of like course menu, so it's totally a bargain. Yeah, so I, then I thought that dude, that's something new that we can also provide to the New York City、uh, sushi market, and, but、uh, that's only achievable by lo-、uh, using local fish, I think.、Mm. Yeah, right. So, what kind of a、uh, you know, like I, I said earlier,、uh, traditionally,、uh, hakuzus tend to be more shiny fish,、mm-hmm. which is more perishable. But you, you kind of、uh, expanding the scope of hakuzushi because you're utilizing any kind of good local fish, right? Yeah. So, yeah.、Uh, if we limit what kind of fish we can use for this hakuzushi operation,、uh, it won't、uh, make sense as a business because you, we cannot ask fishermen. To get specific types of fish only consistently、mm. at the level that we want. So it's more up to us how flexible we should be so that we can provide the value to our customers and also keep introducing the new sushi cultures to New York City.、Mm. Right. So, what kind of fish、uh, is in season, for instance, right now? The, our signature fish is always bluefish.、Mm. Yeah, bluefish is very common sports fish. Uh, not so popular fish for a lot of people to eat at home, but、uh, it's amazing when it's cured with kombu and salt. Yeah. And then、uh, we get a lot of blackfish. Blackfish is very、uh, local, Long Island fish. Eat a lot of crabs and shellfish. Has a really strong、uh, texture.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, ferment, it, it cures very well too.、Mm-hmm. Right. So it can be hakodoshi or temari dushi. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I haven't been there yet, so it was like five minutes away from my yeah, place. Yeah, I have to、fine. go there soon.、Um, okay,、um, so the customers' reaction、um, they are they love the new thing,、mm-hmm. and also, of course, they find the normal、um, you know, the expectation for nigiri sushi、mm-hmm. that's satisfied too, because 
it's just a different shape yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. a way right okay um so you seem to have unlimited ideas and energy to educate people about <laughs> how to live your life well. I'll run out one day yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um do you have any plans in mind already for the next one next one mm. so I think I'm good for now. <laughs> well, I, th- I know you are planning to open a place in Tokyo, though. Oh, Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's happening, too. Yes. Mm. So, uh, the, uh, in uh, Tokyo, uh, the neighborhood called Kiyosumi Shirakawa, mm. I'm going to open our first Yuji Ramen brick and mortar restaurant wow. yeah, this summer. Mm. So, the uh, Kiyosumi Shirakawa is like uh, Brooklyn. If Tokyo, yeah, right? it's very it's up and coming. Yeah, like uh, Suminagawa River. Uh, it's very close, similar looking to the East River in New York City. And then the train that goes to Kiyosumi Shirakawa from Tokyo Station, just like L train <laughs> geographically, it's very similar looking. So mm. it's very funny that we found that spot. Right. Yeah, And then the east side of Tokyo is not as well developed as the uh, west side of Japan, such as Shibuya and Ikebukuro. So uh, we were able to find a good neighborhood that has more neighborhood feeling. Mm. Yeah. Right. So, um, so that, when do you think it's going to be open? We're aiming for this summer. Like this we, summer. yeah, we are doing the renovations right now of the, once again, all the house. So uh, it requires a lot of uh, constructions and energies. Oh, it's like a Machia style again? It's, it's called Nagaya style, so mm. in, from Tokyo, so mm. it's similar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nagaya, it's more like, again, it's very democratic. Yeah. Yeah, normal, ordinary, common yeah. people's house. It's right next to the uh, Kiyosumi uh, Garden by the Kiyosumi train station. It's a two minutes walk, so location is very nice too by the garden. Yeah, I'm very excited to mm. do what we can do in Japan with the concept that we came up with in Brooklyn. Mm. And then, of course, now it's that Tsukiji Fish Market fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I'm already talking to the guy at the Tsukiji Fish Market, who used to be my boss. <laughs> and then uh, he's going to uh, look for uh, what kind of bones that he can constantly supply to us in Japan. Mm. Wow. Well, good luck. A lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, so where our listeners can find uh, your latest update? Latest update is... Uh, so my best way is, I think, the uh, Okonomi BK Instagram. Okay. Yeah. We make all the announcements through that account. Okay. Yeah. So it's Okonomi, O-K-O-N-O-M-I. Yes. BK. BK, BK at... I don't know, uh, the Instagram, yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, and of course, so you, you have rec- um, the, I think you have a separate uh, website for each restaurant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yuramen, Okonomi, Osakana. Mm-hmm. But I think they are, well, if you go one of them, there's all It's all linked to it, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, so, well, thank you for joining again. Thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, good luck, and please come back once you open, uh, maybe the next time uh, you open the Tokyo place. Tokyo place. <laughs> Let's see how the ramen is in Tokyo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, listeners, uh, if you... Um, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, uh, please contact us, contact us at Japanese at Heritage Radio Network.org or akikotema.com. And Japanese is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at Heritage Radio Network.org, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. And our engineer today is David Tatashore. And uh, thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. 
Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. 